Good morning, everyone. Greetings in Jesus' name. We are back this morning. We are back with our Holy Spirit series, and I'm excited to continue with this journey. Thank you so much for tuning in as we dive into our topic about ministry and the Holy Spirit. Ministry and the Holy Spirit. So, we are going to speak about the Spirit-filled church today. The Spirit-filled church under the topic ministry and the Holy Spirit. We are going to deal with the Spirit-filled church today. And as we are dealing with the Spirit-filled church, we are going to also dive into a few topics underneath, which are subjects under the Spirit-filled church for the next few weeks. This morning we are going to speak about the Spirit-filled church having unity and generosity. Unity and generosity. If you have your Bible this morning, just turn to Acts chapter 2, as we are speaking about the Spirit-filled church. Acts chapter 2. We will be focusing on Acts chapter 2 from verse 44 to verse 47. However, the reading that I am going to focus on is from verse 42 to 47 but we will speak regarding verse 44 up until verse 47 i'm going to give you some time just to go to x chapter 2 and we will be reading from verse 42 to verse 47 but we will be speaking on 44 to 47 now the word of God says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed very important all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord oh, i love this and the lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved god bless the reading of his word shall we pray lord we are so grateful that we can be here again in this morning we are so grateful lord that we can go through your word and have an understanding of what you want us to do and who you want us to become we thank you so much this morning that by your grace and your love we are breathing we thank you so much this morning because of your unfailing love 
we have our dependence set on you lord and this morning we can overcome through your word and we can overcome by the power of your holy spirit knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us you will never fail us lord for you love us and you are faithful so we pray this morning as we continue in your word and in your power we pray lord in jesus name that we are transformed completely in your matchless name lord jesus amen amen so we are speaking about the spirit-filled church but the subject under the spirit-filled church is unity and generosity <clears throat> and i've read acts chapter 2 from verse 44 to uh, from verse 42 to verse 47 but i said we will be focusing on verse 44 up until verse 47. now one thing that i want us to pick up here from the text before we go into the specific text that we read one thing that i want us to pick up is remember when we spoke a few weeks ago on jesus being the baptized of the holy spirit in the holy spirit coming on the day of Pentecost, filling the disciples, baptizing the Lord Jesus, baptizing them with the Holy Spirit and with power. When they received this power, Peter preached a very important sermon. And remember what we said about that sermon uh, two weeks ago? We said regarding that sermon that Peter preached about the promise and the purpose and the fulfillment thereof. So when Peter preached what the prophet Joel had said regarding the promise and the purpose and the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost, Peter preached and when he ended his sermon, something beautiful happened. People got saved. Now after they got saved, they were baptized with water and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Remember what Peter said to them? He said to them, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus so that you may receive the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So they were baptized with water and spirit after the fulfillment of God's promise and purpose. Now, I, I want us to listen to the word of God in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And I said that our focus this morning is on verse 44 to 47. And the subject is unity and generosity under the spirit-filled church. I want you to remember the spirit-filled church. The Bible says in verse 44, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And we're going to stop there. And we're going to just exegete that verse a little bit regarding our subject. The Bible says that they were all who believed. Those who believed after Peter preached. All who believed were together and I want us to stop there they were together now the togetherness here does not refer to one place but rather one mindset and purpose 
I need you to understand that again because it was about 3,000 people, the Bible says, that repented from their sins, got baptized with water and spirit. So the togetherness here was not 3,000 people meeting in one place or in the temple in one house, but the togetherness here refers to one mindset and one purpose which is a very beautiful thing because that encourages us to say that even though we are separated at this very time in this pandemic and we are not gathered in one place we are not gathered in one place but we are together in one mindset and one purpose you see as long as that is in the church the enemy cannot overthrow the church because we have one mindset and one purpose so even if you separate us and we cannot get together for the fact that we know that we have one mindset in Christ Jesus and one purpose to get into the kingdom of God nothing can stop us you see the spiritual church understand the importance of this kingdom principle or this kingdom key the spiritful church a church that is filled with the spirit these people were filled with the holy spirit they understood the importance of this kingdom principle that even though they were not together in one place they were together with one mindset and purpose you see this key or principle in the kingdom plays a huge part in the growth and the evangelistic purpose of the church i'm going to say that again this principle in the kingdom of god plays a huge role in the purpose in the evangelistic purpose and growth of the church for you see if if we do not get this right if we do not get this principle right we might have let me make it practical for you we might have five preachers encouraging one family at the bereavement service while doing that they will find themselves competing for the applause of the crowd should i say that again you see if if we do not understand this mindset one mindset and one purpose in the evangelistic part and growth of the church we can have five preachers with one family and they all will compete for the applause of the crowd instead of encouraging the family and the reason why i'm saying that is is, is to make it more practical so that we can understand that the power in the plan of the holy spirit is to have one mindset and one purpose and not divisions among each other where we compete for the applause of people but we are there to preach the gospel to the people So, so instead of, if, if we don't understand this, instead of understanding the evangelistic opportunity that is at hand, where Solomon mentioned, listen to what Solomon said regarding the example that I made now about five preachers speaking to one family. Listen to what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting for when you go he says when you go to the house of mourning he says there you take the word of god to heart 
because you realize that death is the end of all men. You see, unless we understand such things, we will go to such places and have competition as preachers instead of releasing the word and the power of God where people become safe, believe, and after that, be baptized with water and the spirit. And, 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 and we, will, we will bask in discord. Instead of understanding the evangelistic opportunity that is at hand. And the Bible says they were in, in one mindset and purpose. They were together. One mindset and purpose. And therefore it is important us as leaders and as preachers that we practice this before we preach it to the crowd. It is important that we practice this before we preach it to the crowd. That we have one mindset and one purpose. Because it's easy to speak to the crowd about how, how they live in discord and strife. And, but, 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 but behind the curtain and behind the scenes, the preachers is moving without one mindset and purpose. And you see, unless unity is established through the Holy Spirit, listen to that, unless unity is established through the Holy Spirit in the local church, ministry or denomination, discord will always thrive. Let me say that again. Unless unity is established through the Holy Spirit, not through our own intellect, through the Holy Spirit, in the local church, ministry or denomination, whether it's an independent ministry or not. If unity is not established through the Spirit of God, this God will always thrive. You see, the infilling and baptism with the Holy Spirit comes with humility and love. Very important. It comes with humility and love. And, and, and when that happens, there is no way that you will live in hate and preach love. When, when you are filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can live in hate and preach love. It's impossible. You see, the fact that the early church walked with one mindset and purpose minimize the enemy's chances to sow strife within the church. While they were together, while they were one in purpose and in power, the enemy's chances to, to sow strife among them minimized. And the reason why I'm using minimize the word minimize is because, remember what I said a few weeks ago, I said that self-control does not eliminate temptation. So, so, although the temptation may have been there, the power of the Spirit was much more powerful than the temptation that the enemy threw at them. See, when this God thrives, the church becomes a victim to separation. No wonder it 
it seems to me that it has become normal where where people would just fight in the church and and we separate and the church is split in half and one lives with this group and the other lives with that group and it is normal and when one preaches he preaches about that group and when this one preaches he preaches about that group and the two shoot each other and the holy spirit has nothing to do with that and yet we stand behind the pulpit and says this word is from the spirit of god how can we how can we Because this court is not from the Christ, but it is from the devil. These people were together with one mindset and purpose. Let me make you an example. See, when a child is born into a house, they, the, that child normally learns the culture of that house. And, and if the parents and the siblings establish a culture of hate, of hatred in that, in that house, of hatred and division in that house, if they have a passion for discord and strife, that reality automatically, automatically becomes the worldview of that child. I hope we got that. Because it, that is also important for how, how we raise our children. That is imp also important for how we establish our families in our houses. Because that becomes the reality of whoever is staying in that house. If discord and strife is the passion of that house. And the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning that is... Is because I want to say this. The same way that reality and that culture is adopted by that person who's staying in that house, the same way if one becomes born again in the specific church and the culture of that church is passion for discord and strife, that becomes the reality of that believer in that church. That person will soon fall victim to discord and hatred. Because I've, I've seen believers serving God for years, having the world's experience in ministry and in doing church. But they fail to obey this kingdom principle of unity, togetherness with one mindset and purpose. To have the same vision as God has given. And therefore, I, I want to say if a church operates, in power and in unity the devourer satan will always try to attack the church as soon as the believers say we are together in this thing the devourer says this is a threat to the kingdom of darkness because they are about to take whoever i have kept
Listen to Matthew 13 verse 19 when Jesus spoke the parable of the sower and the seed. Jesus says, when anyone hears, he explained this to his disciples after they did not understand the parable. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, kingdom principles, if anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches the devourer. He snatches it away. He snatches away, Jesus says, what was sown into the heart of that person who received that seed. You see, Satan is the devourer. And he will try everything to stop kingdom principles that is being practiced in the church. And most importantly, he will try to stop everything regarding unity in God's church. You see, the devil knows where two or three gathers, not only will Jesus be there, but the power of the Holy Spirit will be there. Not because these two or three attended a meeting, but because they stood in agreement. Should I say that again? Because we know that scripture, where two or three gather, there I will be. And most of the time we use that scripture to console ourselves when others do not come to a prayer meeting. But I'm not talking about a prayer meeting here where others do not come and we console ourselves because most of the time others do not come because the prayer meeting is dead and that is the reality of the matter. And then we still console ourselves. But I'm talking here about believers walking in agreement and in the power of the Holy Spirit when they get together, when they come together and they are in togetherness, the enemy knows that power is going to be released. You see, these are the type of people <laughs> that are spiritful knowing that the same power that met with this woman at the well in Samaria is the same power that met with 5,000 hungry people. These are not the type of people that console themselves because no one came, but these are the people that walk in agreement knowing that it does not matter how many we are. As long as we have one mindset and one purpose in unity, the power of God will be there and great and mighty things will be done in the spirit. See, the spiritful church is the church that understands disagreement does not go as far as height. <laughs> let, me, let me say that again. That is very important. The spiritful church understands that disagreement does not have to go as far as hatred. For the spiritual church understands that wisdom is essential when decisions are made as a unit. Where these individuals 
after having a church board or after having a leadership meeting or after having assemblies and things like that these individuals understand when they have when they depart those type of meetings whether it's in a ministry or denomination whether it's a family gathering these spirit-filled individuals understand that when they separate from that meeting that this, their, their disagreements does not mean hatred. In fact, they leave those type of meetings with a bond stronger than ever because they have one, one common enemy and that is the devil. See, if the church is not spirit-filled, the leadership will leave meetings in hatred and in division. Will leave meetings and have small meetings outside of those meetings and say, did you hear what that one said? See, but the spirit-filled church, they understand the purpose and power in unity. That disagreement does not have to go as far as hate. See, we, because we are different people and we have different personalities, we will always agree, disagree about things. But when we are spirit-filled, we are mature enough to understand that even our disagreements doesn't have to allow us to hate one another. We will understand that we have one common enemy and that is the devil. See, the spirit church filled, the, 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 spirit, the spirit filled church does not despise unity. But the traditional and false religious church walks around weak in faith, despising unity. It is often governed by favoritism. That means even if a worship leader slept with someone last night other than his spouse, the weak in faith church that despises unity will overlook the matter and gives a bypass through the channel of favoritism. You see, and therefore it is important that we understand that the spiritual church is governed by obedience in the Holy Spirit who leads the spiritual church. You see, if only us in the church can separate ourselves from sin as easily as we separate ourselves from one another, how great will things become for our unity. Should I say that again? Let, let, me, re, let, me, let me reconstruct that. If we can only separate, separate ourselves as quick enough from sin, as we separate ourselves quick enough from one another, when we are upset with one another, how great Will the church be in unity? See, the Apostle Paul stressed 
the prominence of unity in the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 4 verse 1, the Apostle Paul says to the Ephesian church, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all very important with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing listen to this bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace <laughs> there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your core one lord one faith one baptism <laughs> he says then in verse 6 one god and one father of all who is over all and through all and in all very beautiful the, the early church understood this principle togetherness one mindset and purpose but it seems that the Ephesian church struggled with this principle because it got to a point when Jesus revealed himself to, to John in the book of Revelation where he speaks to John in a vision of the things that is to come and he spoke regarding the seven churches in Revelation. Ephesus were one of those churches and Jesus himself said to John that Ephesus is the loveless church and they have forgotten their first love. Not remember when I did the series on the seven churches of Revelation, Jesus did not mean their first love in terms of him only, but he spoke to them in terms of their love for one another, no unity. Well, you see, when there is a war, between two nations and i'll make an example now when there's a war between two nations whether it was in the medieval times or whether it is today there was always an informant sent as a spy or a traitor to that nation and the dangerous thing about that informant is that informant can cause the whole nation to die and to turn on each other. And you see, the spiritual church knows that they are not in war against one another. But the spiritual church understands that they are in war against principalities and forces that are not of this world. See, the spiritual church understands that the enemy often sends an informant into the church to sow discord. You see what separates the spiritual church from the traditional and religious church is the wisdom that the spiritual church obtains from the Holy Spirit to understand its battle. Because they understand that one of the church leaders, the Apostle Paul, gave the blueprint for the war that they are fighting in Ephesians chapter 6. He said to them in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, 
Put on the full armor or the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we, listen to this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is like a general giving the blueprint to his soldiers and clear instruction regarding victory that they should obtain in their mission. Because if, if they do not understand the blueprint, they might attack the wrong enemy. <laughs> oh, this, this, this is too close to home, isn't it? If they do not understand the blueprint, they will attack the wrong enemy. For your fight is not against your brother or your sister. It is against the demonic forces sent to steal your joy, your victory, your healing, your purpose, your love, your family and your neighbor. And as soon as you can channel your energy and your prayer life into that direction and stop praying and say, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies and I do not despise the fact that God does that. But all I'm saying is that oftentimes that scripture can be used as a scapegoat to fight your brother or your sister. If you can channel your prayers in the direction to obtain your healing, your deliverance, your joy, to get your joy back, your purpose back, your family back, your neighbor to become born again. If you can channel your energy, your prayer lifestyle in that direction, you will have a much joyful outcome in your life than you have right now. And that goes for me as well. And this is the beauty of, of unity. The beauty of unity in a church is that it produces generosity. If you can just if if you can just type that down or write it down, the beauty of unity in a church is that it produces generosity. The Bible says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing. This is after they, 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 they walk in togetherness, had all things in common. After they became saved, being born of the water and the spirit, they sold all their possessions and belongings in distributing the proceeds to all as any had need to those who are in need. And day by day, the Bible says, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Verse 46 of Acts chapter 2. See, these believers being filled with the Holy Spirit, sold their material wealth and used it to help those who are in need. The, the goodness of Jesus in them produce a goodness flowing out of them. Hey, let me say that one again. The goodness of Jesus in them produce goodness flowing out of them. This is what I love about the, the, the spiritual church. Not only did they walk in the unity of the Holy Spirit, but 
they walked in the character of the Christ. You see, for when the crowds were hungry, and we, speak of, and we spoke about it a little bit earlier with the 5,000 that Jesus fed. See, when those crowds were hungry, the Bible says it grieved Christ. It grieved Jesus to see them struggling like that. It grieved him when they were hungry. And he did the miracle, yes, with the loaves and the fish. He did the miracles, but the important part was not really the miracle, but it was the compassion that he was moved with. Because compassion releases resources. Compassion releases resources. You see, after Jesus became compassionate and emotional about their hunger, he released a blessing. If the church is truly spirit-filled, it is, just, it is not just evident in faith, but in works. For faith without works is dead. Which tells me that, that I should not only be moved by praying for you, but if I am compassionate enough, I am moved by helping you obtain your next meal. You see, giving is not to brag about the fact that God bless you. It is about the compassion of the Christ. For, for his character will allow you to release the best, the blessing before knowing the motive. The, the, the character of Jesus Christ in the spiritual believer will allow you to release the blessing before you know the motive. And I don't think we were ready for that one. But let me explain it. I, I'm saying that when you have the character of Christ, you have his compassion. And sometimes his compassion allows you to give to someone without worrying what they will do with what you have gave them next, what you have given them next. And before we, we get self-righteous about this statement that I have just made, I, I, I would like to find out how many times God blessed us without considering the motive after that. Because some of us did pray for cars and some of us did pray for material things and when those things came, it was nothing for us to turn our backs on Him. And with Him it is even worse. We do not know the motive afterwards, but He knows. But He releases, His compassion releases the blessing without considering the motive. And now we understand what God means when He says He pours out His rain on the just and the unjust. You see, if, if, if you do not believe me, 
regarding this matter. There are some things that we have gained from God that has replaced us spending time with Him in our lives. And this is the thing about generosity. Generosity is not a good deed, but it is a form of mercy. See, to some people, charity, it's just to make them feel good. To those type of people, generosity is a good deed. But to the spiritual church that walks in unity, generosity is not a good deed, but it is a form of mercy. Because the spiritual church understands if it was not for the grace of God. The question is, where would I be? See, the early church, being spirit-filled, created an environment. They created an environment where those who had nothing did not feel like they are infiltrating without being invited. And that is a dangerous spirit. And when I say spirit, I'm referring to attitude. That is a dangerous spirit in the traditional or false religious churches. That attitude of creating a culture where when people come in that do not have, we make them feel like we are doing something for them. And this is what Solomon said in Proverbs 23 regarding such circles. Proverbs 23 verse, verse 6. And I'm reading from the King James Version. He says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we know that one, eh? As a man thinketh in his heart, so easy. But we don't use it in the correct context. This is the context. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten, shall thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. And I'm going to read from the Good News Bible version, just so that we can have proper understanding, because I know the King James Version can be a little bit difficult. Listen to what the Good News Bible says, the translation here. It says, do not eat at the table of a stingy person or be, or be greedy for the fine food he serves. Come on and have some more, he says, but he doesn't mean it. What he thinks is what he really is. That is actually what it says when it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's not a motivational speech. He says, what he thinks is what he really is. You will vomit up what you have eaten and all your flattery, your flattery will be wasted. You see, the spiritual church despises such culture. They promote a culture of kindness and humility. They make you feel like you belong to the body of Christ. The spiritual church is generous in giving because of their unity. They, they, they did not feel forced to give, but they knew that giving was not just a good deed, but it was a form of mercy. And since they obtained mercy from the Christ, they themselves knew how to be merciful to others. See, generosity is such a 
a beautiful thing in the Bible. It is such a pity that the devourer, Satan, came and snatched it from the churches. For what he did is he sent in an informant. <laughs> Some of his informants came into the church and they stole money from the people of the church. And they stole wealth from the people of the church. And today the sad part is that we are all being blamed for what the informants did. And the enemy disrupted that whole unity and now the church shoot, shoot each other. And said, I will not give because these pastors, not knowing that it is not all of them. You see, he normally sends his, send in his informants to disrupt unity. And that unity can stop generosity. That, that disruption of unity can stop generosity in a church. See, the spiritual church gives because they love, not because they are ex because they expect to get something back. And this is where some went wrong in the church. They became greedy because they treated God as they are playing lottery. I sow, so I must get something back. This was not the mindset and the purpose of the spiritual church here. They gave because they walked in unity. And when God blessed, he blessed them anyway. When God blessed, they gave even more. <laughs> you see, greed always wants something back. No, no, no wonder why the enemy stole so much from church folk. See, the spiritual church is not driven by greed, by, but the spiritual church is driven by generosity. The Bible says that these believers opened their doors to one another and they fellowshiped over a meal. The spirit-filled church shared what they had with humble hearts. They did it in humility. And, 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 and when the church starts doing this as a unit, God's blessing is poured out on the church. And that's why Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 5, when he started his Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the meek, humble. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. God's blessing is always on a church that is generous. And I'm concluding by saying, the Bible says, they praise God and they had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, the spiritual church walked in unity and it produced generosity. And because of that, the blessing of the Lord was upon that church. And God himself added to that church. What I'm saying is, as soon as we get this right, the blessing of God is on the church. Where, where, this, God does not, where this God does not thrive. 
and we do not give in to foolish fights. And we are humble enough to say, I'm sorry. And we are humble enough to forgive. And I'm speaking about preachers as well. God's blessing is upon that church. And he adds day by day to that church.